0: Hey, hi! Welcome to Someone Else's Movie, the podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, Senior Film Writer for Now Magazine, and this is the other thing I do. My guest this week is Jason Connery an actor with a 30-year career that spans everything from Doctor Who and Robin Hood to Bullet to Beijing and General Hospital. He's also been working behind the camera, and his latest film as a director, Tommy's Honor, opens theatrically in Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal this Friday, May 12th. Jason picked The Room, Tommy Wiseau's 2003 cult movie about the existential crisis of a man named Johnny after the end of a torrid relationship. At least that's my best guess as to what it's about. The film's story is... Barely comprehensible, thanks to any number of baffling choices by writer, producer, director, and star, Tommy Wiseau. Is it a comedy? Is it a serious drama? It's impossible to be sure. And the resulting mystery has kept people coming back to the film, mostly at midnight screenings, ever since it first surfaced. I should also mention that Dexter absolutely loved Jason and fell asleep on him about halfway through the episode, which is why you'll hear him snoring. I tried to remove the worst of it. This is someone else's movie
1: some time ago I watched it and I watched it with my son and it was just a joy you know I mean we laughed um and it, it was a, it was one of those it's, it was one of those wonderful moments where you find something that uh, I'd never heard of it and okay. someone said to me have you ever seen the room and I said no I haven't and 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 uh and they said oh you have to see it and that's all I knew And so I was taken into this world uh, without knowing anything and I just had such a fun time with it. And then recently uh, when I heard about your show, in fact just after I heard about your show, I just watched it again and I bought my son... And he was there when we watched it, and with my girlfriend. And I bought my son the book written by Sistero that oh, was the uh, disaster diaries. Disaster say. diaries. And I haven't read that yet because my. But he would come and tell me a few stories about it and things. And um, it just, uh, you know. And then because of your show, I started to think of it in a different way, which um, which is also intriguing for me. Well,
0: that's. Yeah, uh, what way do you think of The Room initially? That's the question, because I've been fascinated by it and repelled by it in right, equal measure. Exactly. How did you first experience well, it? Well, my
1: first experience was just that I was just, I found it absolutely and completely hilarious. I mean, I, I, you know, having been an actor, and I still act, uh, having been a filmmaker, and hopefully continue to be sure. um, as a director, um, and on sets, and, um, you know, I just, I felt this... You know there are there there are so many elements in the film that I can that, that that i can i can you know that I've experienced actually in many ways and 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 what also happened to me was it was the fact that these people were so committed and in in and, and that's what makes it so wonderful in its own way <laughs> you know and it is easy to look at something like that and mock and and I didn't feel like I was laughing in a mocking way I was just laughing because of the 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 real absurdity of
0: of of the film right you know it's it's absurd yeah and I, I say this constantly when discussing the concept of criticism with people. no one sets out to make a bad movie no nobody ever decides that that's the way to sell this like this this idea that i've been working on for a year or two years or five years i'm going to make it as poorly as possible and garble it and make it a, an absolute misery to watch <laughs> and we've all seen those movies but they're I've not been in a few. well but no one sets out to create that it's yeah, absolutely it's, I I wonder if the the embrace of the room by filmmakers is simply a thank Christ that wasn't me kind of situation where Well, you... I think I think that
1: and 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 also I think that it's um it it the feeling as well is one of um that you can see how it can happen. You can see that, you know, for instance, I've I've worked on films where suddenly uh, someone who has some power in the situation who has had no real experience But say, for instance, and I I don't want to pick on anyone in particular, but say, for instance, a a producer who's put money into a film suddenly feels as though they have a sort of artistic ability and they start writing things or they start changing things or they start. And there's this sort of. this knock-on effect of that almost a domino effect where you know people are frightened to say anything and then it gets further and further and you and 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 you're in a world where it can be quite insular Mm -hmm. and so you begin perhaps because it's almost like you know the, the woods for the trees is that you don't see how ridiculous it's become because somehow the concept has been completely sort of transformed And yet, in that transformation, it seems as though it's okay in that insular world. And you make this film and you think, yeah, okay, you know, in the beginning, that performance seems really a little over the top or some of that way that person is, you know, the dialogue is is really out there. But then in the insular world where it's sort of, no, but you don't understand. He really cares about this woman. And therefore, you know, when he's screaming like that, it's all to do with the pain. Oh, okay, well, you know, and then in the light of day, you know, months later or even in the edit room or wherever it is and it's revealed and you go, oh my word, you know, what was I thinking or yeah. what were they thinking or what was, you know? and I don't know whether the people who made this film ever felt that way. I, 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 um, I've I, actually purposely stayed away a little bit from reading the book and from, because I feel as though it would give me a, more information than perhaps I'd like to talk from the place of of you and I sitting here talking, having seen the movie and just knowing that much.
0: Yeah, it is... Well, what you were saying about the the sort of the the event cascade, the, the mistake or the miscalculation that then multiplies further down, that's something that fascinates me about The Room because it is unquestionably the product of one man. He made the movie he wanted to make. He made the decisions that he felt were right. Tommy Wiseau made this movie... Out of some real uh, compulsion or urge or drive, call it whatever you want. He had to make this. There's no question in my mind that, as much as, you know, Terrence Malick made The Tree of Life, or Cassavetes made Faces, it's the or *Husbands* I guess is probably more appropriate as a point right. of comparison. But or, or recently with uh, Scorsese making *Silence*. Silence. It's the product of something that had to happen. Right. It, it was make this movie or just never be fulfilled. Fully fulfilled. <laughs> And it's remarkable in that it is unquestionably the work of a vision, or it is a vision, that when you expose it to light, unlike all of those other examples, it just, it's incomprehensible that to, to experience it as, you cannot experience it as drama. You can see the drama, but you can't, I mean, I can't imagine someone being emotionally moved by the results, it just feels like it lands sideways. Well, it's interesting. I mean,
1: the, uh, when you look at it in in the light of day, as opposed to, you know, um, uh, just for an entertaining uh, value, you know, I think you're absolutely right. And, I, and, I, and look, we both know how difficult it is to make a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a myriad of things that you have to do to make a movie. And you, you need, to, apart from anything, a lot of people to come together Uh, And there are a lot of different bits to the puzzle. and uh, Even just to get the film to the place where you can physically put it on the screen and and, and show it to people, no matter how good or bad they decide it is. But the the thing that hit me when I started looking at the film from a perspective of us having a conversation was I've never seen a film that has so little... um, What's the word intention? I mean, the only intention in the entire movie is for the lady in it to leave Johnny. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing that is actually uh, pushing the film forward,
0: and yeah. really doesn't do that. But yeah, it, it's supposed to be the inciting incident. Yes, but there's also every other dramatic point.
1: Right. I mean, there's, 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 and so there's a whole load of non sequiturs. Outside of that, but mm-hmm. the driving force of this movie is I don't love him anymore, and I want to leave him. Although she doesn't do anything yeah. other than sleep with his best friend, to make that happen. And so I'm thinking, when they're sitting on set, were any of the actors saying, "I'm not quite sure, you know, what my actions are here because what's my my you know, and an age-old thing, you know, what's my intention, well, your paycheck?" But sure, you know but what is your intention I mean you know you say I'm going to leave him and then you don't do anything about it and you just keep telling people who anyone who listen really <laughs> you know that you're going to leave yeah. and so for that to be the driving nature of telling a story uh, you know it's impossible to keep that alive for the entire film although that's what they try to do there are there are a number of events of course that happen but as I say those events seem to have nothing to do other than her sleeping with with his best friend, with with the dynamic of, of attaining her bit. I mean, i don't sure why she doesn't. Of course, there'd be
0: no film, but I'm not sure why she doesn't... Of course, there'd be no film, but I'm not sure why she doesn't just go, OK, yeah. I'm going, I think, bye. And I think that's it. I think it is simply the... the solipsism of the screenplay is constructed to make Johnny suffer. Right. And show us his suffering. And so he must have reason to suffer. And so we must be trapped with that reason over and over and over again. Even the way the film sort of casually piles tragedies on other people I have cancer the test came back I have cancer and it's Mm. never referred to again because I don't think he really cares I think maybe in the moment We Zone needed a reason maybe someone asked him what's my motivation oh well you have cancer Uh, here it is we'll just say it well and also there's also moments
1: in the film where where, you know you you I was wondering what is that scene about, and also why is it there? <laughs> and then the realization is really that you can't cut directly from one person looking at them to that person again. Mm-hmm. So he would cut into a scene which had no relevance, and usually the, the character would say something. They'd usually someone would arrive. Like usually, I'm not sure if his name's Denny or Danny because of the it accent. Does, it does change. Hey, Denny. Anyway, uh, and he, I know there's a drinking game. And if you get Denny, basically you're drunk after the first five minutes Gosh. because almost everyone says his name about 15 times whenever he comes in. Yeah. And his age is a bit of a worry too because they keep talking about him being this young boy at school or something or mm-hmm. at university and he looks about
0: 35. Yeah, we'll, but, there, we'll get to the yes, various inconsistencies right. in
1: But the fact that he comes in and, then, and then he goes, uh, you know, what are you doing, Denny? Oh, I just am doing something. And they go, oh, I got to go. And then he leaves and you kind of think, what is that scene about? And then you realize, well, that scene was about actually just getting to the point where we can cut back to Tommy or to, I'm, what is the lady's name in the film? Do you remember? Oh my God. I Lisa. can't. Lisa, uh, Lisa, of course, Lisa, Thank Lisa, you. Lisa, you're tearing me apart. Lisa, of course, what am I doing? Of course, it's Lisa, been Linda in the Thank back you. of my head for now. Yeah. I have no idea why Lisa. That's right. Um, yeah. So, so those scenes, those interjections, um, uh, and then, of course, the uh, uh, the cutaways of San Francisco, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure where they came from, but I think they were probably
0: bought. Yeah, it feels like stock footage. Yeah. or or some type of really awkward CG. Yeah. Pre CG CG. Mm. It's and that is I mean, the technical side of of the room is something that fascinates me as well because and it goes back to the idea that you know, Tommy knows best that Wizone knows what his film needs. Uh, supposedly he shot it on both 35mm and high-definition video at the same time with two cameras mounted to the same platform. And as a result, each camera is slightly off. Right. The angle is never quite right, either from the left or from the right, but you're never quite centered the way a shot should be. And that's part of the displacement, I think, that people run in and out, but they're also entering frame from a strange space that we can't fully understand. It's... Um, it's disorienting narratively as well as visually. And I think that's why things sort of drift.
1: uh, Well, I'm glad that you told me that. I didn't, I didn't, I knew that I'd heard that he bought all the equipment that he used, which is is part of the reason that the budget seems to be quite extraordinary. This is also part of the legend. Yes. And, um, but I never realized that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, there's some very strange entrances, especially through the door where, Again, Denny very often, but a number of other characters Mm -hmm. come in sort of sideways. It sort of feels very odd. And also there's some very odd angles for uh, reverses on people talking to each other. And actually, as as a director, I I hate doing that thing of a mid and a close in the same. I know it saves time and everything, but you do lose that sense of connection. And I think filmically, when you've got a scene, especially in close up, you have to have that. I always like to be as tight as tight as possible so that you really feel as though the, the, the characters are looking at um, at, at each other
0: and, and that there's, you know, there's an intimacy there. Yeah. And I think, well, the room is certainly concerned with intimacy. I just don't think it understands it. Well, talking of
1: intimacy... Uh, the love scenes in the film as well. I mean, some of the angles and uh, some of the. I mean, the 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 first scene where uh, Lisa and uh, Johnny go at it mm-hmm. um, is is. I mean, it actually looks as though he's on. He's sort of mounting her leg. Yeah, and she's a, it's a very strange angle. They're I not mean, flattering shot choices. No, for no. for a,
0: a filmmaker of. of what I would consider profound vanity yeah Wiseau does not like, he's either willing to look horrible or he doesn't know how to shoot it right or it's, it's possible I, I was wondering the last time I saw it I was trying to figure out if he had ever even looked through the camera in those scenes I mean was he shooting with a body double for, for oh, that's just true. the sense of lighting how would he even know what he would look like yeah Well, but then he... there's playback Yes, he must that's have true. Seen
1: it. Yeah, and also I heard that he reshot stuff all the time, and mm-hmm. also recast all the time. Uh, that would explain yeah. some other. Yes, the man who absences. appears. Yes, mm-hmm. and a guy who appears that I'd never seen before until the second half of the film. <laughs> um, but I, 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 that thing of, 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 I think he thought that actually, one, it was different from what you normally see in love scenes, and two. I think there's a shot of his buttock clenching, mm-hmm. and I think he thought that that was aesthetically, you know, kind of one slightly risque and also appealing. Essential. Essential. Yeah. But also that whole drift behind sort of and back and forth across the... the I don't even know what it was. It's sort of railing. It's the staircase, but it's... Yes, the sort of wrought iron thing. Wrought but... iron thing, yes, and that. And, and that. Um, you know, again it was um, uh, it was not flattering for her, for Lisa either, mm-hmm. at all um, and uh, th- th- that, again, I-, I feel as though he he certainly is s- such an original that maybe he felt that that he wanted to shoot it in what he thought would be a way that an audience would be like wow, that's surprising, I haven't
0: seen a shot like that for, I mean yeah, he is inventing a new cinematic language, but I don't know that we understand it. There there are movies that teach you how to watch them as they go. Um, films like Memento, or films that are structurally challenging and have to force you to understand them. The Room is, I mean, on paper, it is an absolutely basic narrative. Yeah. Man is sad, man stays with friends, tries to understand why he's sad, is worse and worse and worse, and then ends poorly. But... He approaches it as some kind of baroque um, manic state. I mean, watching the film felt like watching a fugue state happening in front of me. The the, the scene in The Florists, which comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I still believe in the back of my mind that that audience, that that audience, that that cast doesn't know they're in a movie. That someone came in, waved a gun around and right. said, in 30 seconds, a man is going to come right. in and buy flowers and you right. be nice to him. <laughs> And everyone is just so tense, tense. And, and you know, oh Johnny, you're my favorite customer," said through gritted teeth. I, yes. like, that's an uncomfortable scene, and there's no. The dog's good in it. The though. dog is great. The, the
1: dog is, is the only one that's totally yeah. calm and totally the calm, and and actually gets quite a nice shot. Yeah, um, I I the. The first film I ever directed was called Pandemic, and um, I was so sick of being called a first-time director because I'd done shorts and everything, and I hadn't directed a film. And so I am—I um, managed to to get two hundred thousand, raised two hundred thousand dollars, and we shot the whole thing in twelve days in Arizona, and uh, sold it on to Netflix. And it, 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 um, it was extraordinary experience. I mean, one day uh, we we'll, we should talk about that, but uh, I, I don't want to talk uh, about. My film so much only to say it's all relevant film <laughs> only to say that um that there were there were there were moments in the room where uh I felt like um my experience on that twelve day shoot, and I know they had a lot of time and everything, but i was um part of me in me making the film was that one of the investors was in it. Okay. And uh, she's a lovely lady, And um, but she kind of froze. And actually what I began to realize was the more I talked to her, the worse it was. You know, I was thinking to have a calming effect on her, but actually it got more and more tense. Did she become self-conscious? Or? Yes. And, and, and the words became sort of uh, alien to her in a way. And, you know, she became very flat and monotone. And, and, and that scene where... I got the feeling that one of two things: either they wanted to be in the movie because he said, to her, "I'm making this big movie, and I'll put you in it if you let us use your flower shop," right? Or they came to him and said, "We'd love to be in your movie. Uh, if we put a scene in, we'll give you, you know, X amount of dollars." Right. One of those because I agree with you totally. I mean, it's so surreal. It really is. They walks in and everybody's standing there as though. You know, someone, a sniper has, yeah, there was the, yeah. someone was saying, like, if you don't say this line when he says this to you, you know, you're going to be shot. Yeah. Um, and
0: uh, and the dog is only natural because it doesn't know. that Exactly.
1: Exactly. And, and um, he says something as well. He says, oh, hi to someone and they don't react immediately yeah, yeah. i think there's just this strange to lag
0: yeah, real lag yeah that scene i mean that embos- that that scene embodies the film to me it it's it is the room in my memory that is the scene i always think about because you on on some basic level as an audience member you know that this scene should play it's so simple. Yeah, the goal is is clear. Everyone has a, like there are motivations. Everyone has a motivation. Yeah, he in comes scene, in, he buy, wants flowers, to buy flowers, for flowers,
1: girlfriend, and he knows everyone in there. Pet dog. Yeah. All of it's there.
0: Yeah, and it won't happen. I know. That whatever happens I know. isn't what. The That's scene what makes it, it so glorious,
1: though. I mean, it's the same thing with the, with the, with the whole. You know, suddenly this whole I don't know quite what his his you know his what's the word is is. I mean, the, the whole ball scene where they're
0: throwing balls. Yeah, I, you I, know, I knew that's what you bring of, up. Yeah, people I, I, in tuxedos I, throwing a ball around right. for no and, particular and reason. Yes,
1: in, in, in a very limited space. Mm-hmm. I really got the fact that that's right. there was there was only, a, you know, there was nothing on either side of these people, so they had to keep it tight. And he yeah. was saying, I want to get this in a one So I don't want to do any close-ups or anything like that and so they're all fighting in the set trying to make it look natural and that's what the beauty the beauty of the film and why it's so funny is the fact that you see these people are they're all doing their best they really are they're doing the best with what they have um you know and trying desperately to make some sense of this you know okay i'm not sure why we're throwing this ball but we're going to try and make it look fun and we're going to try and then there's probably it got the feeling that there was no real dialogue written for that scene so they're all sort of Kabitzing, but not really. Yeah. So it 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 just it's again joyous because in a way for me as an actor I've been there and also as a director I've been there. You know where you're trying to make something work and you're thinking, wow, this is this is. Yeah, oh, I've just got to do something to get this right, and I don't know what it is. And he's he,
0: I have no idea what
1: that scene was about. Yeah. You know.
0: I mean, is it all just about filling time to get to feature length, making it feel like there's more going on in the movie than there is? These are questions that you can legitimately ask during the film because nothing, there is no wrong explanation. Well, any any If answer you start could
1: with the idea of there being only one sort of real motive, which is, you know, that she doesn't want to be with him and mm-hmm. that he's really upset by it. Um, I mean, they do have that scene where they're running along, and I suppose what you're setting up there is that they are indeed best friends, which right. they've been told endlessly anyway. I mean, it's almost synonymous with his name that they're best friends. I think his name's Mark, and yeah. and, and they're always talked about as you know, Mark, yeah. your best friend. In a, you know, that's right. Yeah, it's so, not even subtext; it's active no, text. No. And and then and I love all that stuff too, where it's it, it's almost like an where where Lisa is seducing Mark, she. Kind of says exactly what she wants from him and also what they're going to do, and then he says, What are you doing? You know, or he even says, What are you doing after they've made love? Yes, which again, pretty. you're sort of like, Uh, well, I think you know, I think possibly the character should know what's going on by now, yeah. And he has these huge fluctuations, uh, well, not huge, but but he has fluctuations about how he feels about what's happened, and yet. She's always, man- you know, he. She always manages to seduce him again, and he kind of tries to make some kind of moral stance, which falls apart very quickly. Yes. And then, as soon as it's over, he then says, "I can't do this." And you're like, "But you just did it. You mean yeah. you can't? You've got it's a bit late to be unable to do it." So again, it, it's that it's that element where, I mean, I don't know much about. Tommy me why so? But oh, well, no one does. No, he's he's a sort of man of mystery, um, and his performance in 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 the film, you know, is is again is extraordinary. Uh, his delivery, um, I mean, and and wonderful in the sense of it being completely bizarre. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if he. I mean, whether he was taking some kind of. Relaxant because he seems almost sort of floppy all the time, sort mm. of completely and, and slurry. Um, but I, 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 you know, I found it fascinating and hilarious. And, um, you know, I, I wondered, I mean, I don't, I, I've got to read that book that I gave my son because, but I did wonder, my, my son did say that he felt that the book is very well written and, and, um, I, I, I it's, it, it's one of those things where a film anyway to come together has to have so many elements that that work and so the idea that this film has come together um, in the way that it did is 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 just as amazing as something that turns out to be something that, that that everybody hails as being amazing because this film is hailed as being amazing but amazing in a completely sort of Bizarre way, yeah. It's, I mean, the fact that you can, it's been out thirteen years, yeah, and people are still going to see it, you know. And he's still touring the world with it, and he's still talking about doing a second one. And you know, it's it it's original. It's an a real original.
0: Yeah. What fascinates me about, and this is something that was kind of rattling around in my head when you were talking about the the um, the need for for. Johnny to constantly discuss or, and push and come back and, and resist what he wants, if you are a novice at cinema or storytelling and you're making a movie where you play a hero who isn't much of a hero but still the star of the film and therefore it like gets that whole it's a the movie is its own tautology. like Johnny is the best because he's the best, and Johnny is the subject of this movie because who else would be? and and I'm making a movie where I get to have a lot of sex and be sad about it and be emotional and break my own heart and then be the hero of my own story and yet also not do anything heroic it's it is this incredible ego stroke if you look at it that way right. if you want to see a man who has made you know like the quintessential vanity project yeah, you absolutely. could read it that way yeah. but what if it isn't what if it's a legitimate attempt to grapple with feelings of betrayal and inadequacy I, it is absolutely fascinating to interpret it from either direction yeah and what what never what is never far from my mind when thinking about this movie is that yeah it's been playing for 13 years it's a global success he will not stop touring with it but is this his intention was this what he wanted did he always make a comedy or did he steer into that once the reception became clear at what point does The Room become a comedy because it doesn't feel like it on screen when you're shooting it I don't think you're making a funny movie no
1: I absolutely think that he felt that he was making uh, a a really solid drama that was really going to move people yeah because the the integrity that he that all of the actors come with is feels real you know they're saying really silly things often and they're repeating themselves and they're but i never ever for a moment thought anyone was winking at the camera or trying to show oh i know this isn't really and that's what makes it so beautiful that's what makes i mean that whole scene with the couple that come in and for no reason um you know uh, sort of comic relief yeah um, almost sort of vaudevillian, the where performance yeah
0: where it's clear that the movie is trying for last Trying and for it's laughs. the only moment where when you can point to that scene and say if you shot a comedy it would look like this right
1: right yeah it was and and and, and again it was um, uh, as uh, we were talking earlier about there's a character that arrives and I don't remember his name but he suddenly starts making quite strong, accusations and sort of trying to sort things out and I'd never seen him before. I've yeah. no idea where he came from. And then of course there's that scene and I think the guy is the psychiatrist. Is that where they're all sitting yes. talking? It's and like suddenly there's scene. a sort of therapy scene which, you know, again is this bizarre moment. And and and, and I feel as though um, and I, I only really noticed this, I noticed this more the second time, that um, he he's also trying to talk about the friendship between men and mm-hmm. the sort of the the, 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 the the sort of honorable element of between men where they're trying to express their emotions but they find it difficult because they are indeed men right and um, yeah it's not about camaraderie it's about
0: repression right
1: right and 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 then of course there's the bizarre scene as well with the gun on the roof with you know suddenly that yeah. I mean
0: um, I guess, structurally, you need to show people that he has a gun. Right. But that is the absolute wrong way to do it. Well, it just makes no sense. No, no sense at and all. And none of the actors is responding. And this is the other thing, too. Nobody is responding to the gun in that scene like no. it's dangerous. No. It's a prop. They're kind of interested in it.
1: Yes. And and uh, also, the, the emotions that are flying around seem extraordinarily high-pitched mm-hmm. for for what is you know what's happening I mean the guy is talking normally and then suddenly kind of decides he's not only you know crazed but he's going to throw the person off the roof yeah
0: Um, I mean is there a chunk missing is something was dropped was something abandoned in the screenwriting process that they figured they'd fix and, and he just never got around to it any again any interpretation is valid because we're dealing with something where the rules don't apply where where no structure, no script, no no performance is going to explain everything in that scene. Right. There's no one answer.
1: Right. I mean, I do feel like there's there's quite a few elements in the in the story where uh, there must have been some some serious editing that uh, you know that, that 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 where things got left or scenes got left out. I mean, mm. I mean, the whole breast cancer thing with the mother yeah, is yeah. is just hilarious because she says it so kind of matter-of-factly and then Lisa says don't worry everything's going to be okay and you think well what yeah. And then it's never mentioned again and um you know then the repetitiveness also of 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 the fact that the the mother is saying you know you know but Johnny's good to you he he you know he buys you flowers he he he, work, he has a good job you mm-hmm. know and you think oh okay well I guess that's beginning to sound you know like something a mother would. and then she goes off on these tangents and and, and then is agreeing with her daughter. And their um, their conversations always seem to end with Lisa telling her, don't worry, everything's going to be all right. Yeah. And then we start again with her telling someone else she's going to,
0: she doesn't love him anymore and she's going to leave. Or, yeah. Almost like a series of exercises that work their way into the final cut. Right. Or warm-ups or something. They, I, I don't know that they're credible as improvs because I don't think the actors are improvising because the readings are so stilted that it's probably not I mean people tend to be more naturalistic or self-conscious in improvisational situations and usually there's a liveliness or a rhythm to it but again the way the film is cut might have just taken all of that out you can't tell no it's it's an unknowable thing do you know
1: at all as far as the actors are concerned whether any of them you know because I know uh, Greg Sestero did certainly did one
0: other film mm-hmm. um, it is interesting isn't it you would think these people would show up as if nothing else is just sort of um, little rogue appearances for, by filmmakers out to look cool right. like the third Hangover right. movie would feature a couple of them somehow right. Right. but no as far as I know they've never surfaced elsewhere maybe yeah. they've just been driven away or I mean, maybe the residuals are enough that they don't need to work again. <laughs> Although I can't imagine there'd be that much. No, I, I, I um, Weasel would keep the lion's share.
1: Well, and interesting him too. I mean, that whole thing of 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 talking about doing things. I mean, mm-hmm. he
0: shot a sitcom pilot called The Neighbors. That was the first episode is on YouTube, or at least a trailer for it is. But it is similarly incomprehensible. And what's weird about it is that in that one. <laughs> in that one he's trying for comedy and it reads and it's awful it's just stiff and and, and clumsy
1: see that that you know, when right. I look at comedy, the things that really make me laugh are not really jokes. But yeah, there's good jokes every now and again. Mm. But for me, what, what really makes me laugh is when I can really imagine the situation and I feel as though that situation is something that, that actually can happen or actually did happen. Right. And if you set the scene right, it becomes very funny, especially if you identify with one of the, or maybe all of the characters in it. And the thing in a way about about that makes the room so brilliant is that you know you, you can identify with those characters and they're taking themselves so seriously that it, it, that it's hysterically funny because they're absolutely committed to, to what they're doing. And as soon as you, I mean, honestly, for me, if anyone had shown their hand of sort of saying, of, of standing outside of the story and, and, and going, uh, oh, you know what, I, I, I kind of know this isn't great or I think this is, it wouldn't be funny at all. It would actually be quite sad. But because of the fact that they don't, and they're fully committed in it, um, for me, I mean, it was—it's one of the—it's right up there with one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Have you seen it with an audience, or have you only watched? No, it? I've only watched it uh, um, with you know two or three
0: people as opposed to. Have you seen it with? An no, audience? I can't do it. I thought about it. Right. I, I I saw it on DVD the first time. Both times actually, that I watched it all the way through. Uh, and I, it comes to Toronto. There was a there was a day when Wizo came in himself and and did the intro. And I just, I don't think I want to experience it like that. I, I think it would be too uncomfortable because. Well, at this point, anyway, now there'll be people like I, it's like going to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show where you're primed to laugh at certain things, not right. because they're funny, but because that's what the room is doing. Right. And I don't know that I would want to be part of an audience that is that has so internalized the comedy already that they're just laughing on cue. And, no, absolutely. And the idea of throwing spoons at the screen and right. things like that—that's just yeah, that's just annoying. Right. Uh, my grandfather went the a movie theater when I was a kid, so now I just imagine the poor people having to clean up at the <laughs> well, end of the
1: day. The the other thing is, as you and you, you know, mentioned this before, is, you know, Tommy Wiseau sitting alone in a room. Hmm. Um, how does he feel? Yeah. How does he feel about it? Because it must be difficult. If, as you say, we'll never we never really know whether he, I certainly don't know that he knew that he would be creating something that would have such an impact. Certainly, in the impact that, in the way the impact happened. Oh, I'm sure he had no. idea. sitting alone in a room, you know, where you say to yourself, "Wow, all these people are here, and they're all throwing spoons. They're all laughing hysterically. Uh, They all know every word of dialogue, and and you were uh, and, and, and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, as Tommy, hmm, you know." it's wonderful that that it's being seen and it's wonderful that uh, it's being appreciated in... But I think it would be really hard if you honestly felt like you were showing the world something of yourself. Yeah. Because, you know, as an actor, you know, I mean, he's... You're tearing me apart, Lisa. You know, he's screaming it and clenching his fists and, you know, and wailing. And then, you know, he dies because of these events and
0: yeah he's you know, have committed people, he's yeah, going
1: there and, and to be, have people
0: howling with laughter yeah you know it's it's such a a double-edged sword of course yeah i don't know which would be worse having the self-awareness to suffer that every time you see the film with an audience mm. and being you know essentially forced to tour with it as mm. your livelihood long after you've finished this thing and put it to bed or not having a self awareness and just sitting there like Johnny Depp in Ed Wood mm. saying, Oh, this is the one they 'll remember me for, this is my masterpiece right I, I think that 's what 's so fascinating about Wiseau as a person is that he has only done this thing and it's and then allowed it to define him, and it 's an unreadable uh, achievement we mm. don 't know what he 's accomplished, and i 'm not even sure he does
1: no, and I, I mean I think in a way, I kind of admire him. Because he's saying, "Okay, um, uh, as a an artist, I will accept and acknowledge this and actually embrace it." Mm. You know,
0: yeah, it's my, the old story about not being able to control what the art is once right. it's done. Yeah. My
1: my my brother works in the art field, and he uh, he deals in the impressionists, and. Um, you know, I mean, the kind of values that are being put on this artwork is just extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you say, well, okay, Van Gogh, um, you know, never sold a painting. He, he may have sold one to his brother, but they think he may have given it to him. But anyway, never sold. In fact, uh, Van Gogh's brother's wife, um, Johanna, was the one who uh, uh, m- m- started to show his paintings after he died and um you know the father uh, her father said you know you should get rid of all the paintings and sell the frames they're worth more than the paintings and now suddenly he's being hailed as this extraordinary well not suddenly but you know over the course of time after he died you know and and in a way it's a it's a it's a there's a parity there because you know uh this man you know cut off his own ear struggled never sold was determined tried you know Tommy Wiseau makes this film. He lives to see it. And it is almost revered in its own way. It is, yeah. Um, I mean, if you I, say not, the title, I'm, people know what it is and yeah. they have a very strong opinion on it one way or the other. Yeah. And, 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 you know, my brother will talk to me about art and say, you should love this piece of art because I said I have no... I have no connection to it. I'm sorry. You can tell me that the guy, you know, is tragic and he did this and he did that. I have no connection to it. You know, he showed me the other day there was a there was a, a, a someone who made a replica of a used diaper. Now, he wasn't selling me that as something brilliant, but he was saying that's art. OK. And then there's that whole conversation. Yeah. You know,
0: I was in the, the Tate Modern for the first time. I'd never actually gotten into it before uh, this past March. And. Even though Duchamp's urinal is a replica, right? it was like a religious experience. Right. I mean, for good or ill, that was the thing that right. changed the world. And it, mm. it is absolutely fascinating to look at it because it is, it's not representative. It is what it is, literally. But because someone said it was art, now it is. And right. it sparked a movement and changed the world. I don't think the room will have the same impact, but as an individual object, it probably rates. Well, it certainly
1: has its place in history because, yeah. you know as you say, uh, 13 years later, or I said, or we were both commenting on, you know, it's still there. And, you know, there are people who, you know, work all their lives and never have anything. I
0: mean, many people, many artists. How many directors can associate themselves with a single thing that has this much life in it? Exactly. It's got to be, you know, a handful at any given moment. I've watched, you know,
1: some of the great comedies of all time. And I can honestly say that I laughed as much at the room as any of those because it, you know, and again, we go back to, did he mean that? I don't think so, but that's what he created. Yeah. And, you know, we all, well, you know, my most recent film, you know, I filmed, I had a script, of course, we made the film and everything. Um, And in the editing process, uh, although many of the, the themes, hopefully, and, 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 and that came through there were many other things that happened in that editing process, you know, so one doesn't always know what one has, uh, you know, and, and in his case, um, I'm sure it was really shocking. I mean, it'd be so interesting to be the first audience to see that film yes, with sure. him and, you know, what what happened to him internally? Yeah, you want he's a camera there. on him yeah. as the as the room reacts. Right. When suddenly the audience were all falling about laughing, mm-hmm. or maybe they weren't. Maybe That's they, true. they they you know. But there was a moment where that happened,
0: and he had to deal with it. Yeah. And the, he seems to have said, "I'll embrace it." Yeah. On this rock, I will build my church. <laughs> the <laughs> only other time I can think of anything like this happening is there was a horror movie called Anaconda with John Voight. And yes. You know, Stole it's Jennifer Lopez. Yes. I don't know if you ever saw the ads they came up with before the first test screenings or before the first press junket, but right up until the weekend of the press junket, it was a deadly, serious, heart of darkness inquiry into man and monster and cruelty. It was a horror film. Wow. And the next day, there were radio spots re-engineered to be snarky and weird, playing with voices rolling over, the actors speaking over... Clips from the film saying, "I bet this is going to be silly." They complete because right. people laughed at, yeah. and 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 John so. Boyd's
1: character in that film. I mean, I don't know what action he's doing, yeah, but it's, he was fantastically bad in yeah. a wonderful way. It is not
0: a horror performance; no. it is a comic performance. It is a comic.
1: And, but he, I now that you talk about, it, I remember
0: he does do a lot of that sort of mystical yeah. kind of stuff. And there's lighting that's supposed to make him. There's that one shot of him at the at the the helm of the boat with, him, with this red light underneath yes. and it's supposed to look satanic yes. and I mean I saw it with an audience that just could not stop laughing Right. 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 Uh, and then you know the thing where it's the, the snake spits him out and right. he winks at Jennifer Lopez right. and you're thinking this is right. not this was never horror someone right. at some point I mean the script probably started as serious right. and then they drifted and now we're here did you ever see Hollow Man? yes See, that is not a pleasant experience. Right, but
1: that's another one where I remember seeing the trailer for that, and until they said the title, everyone was like, oh, that you know, there's a few visual effects there and everything, and then they go, Hollow Man. And you're like, Hollow Man? What the hell does Hollow Man mean? Yeah. It was so bizarre as a title, and, it, and you couldn't take it seriously. I mean, the audience burst out laughing as soon as he said Hollow Man. And, and actually, up until that point in the trailer, mm-hmm. being like, oh, okay, so the guy's invisible, and... Yeah, you know, it, Invisible Maniac story, pretty yeah. good sell. Yeah, and, and it's going to be some good visual effects, and oh, he's seeing a naked woman, and she doesn't know he's there because he's invisible. Yeah. Right. You know, all the kids had a good, and then suddenly they called it Hollow Man, and and they said it in that you know that deep sort of sonorous
0: voice. voice like, yeah. Man, and
1: you're like Hollow yeah. Man,
0: Hollow yeah. <laughs> Man. It just, I mean, you can you can lose an audience so easily, yeah. uh, but. Anaconda never really had the audience The Room never really had the audience There's no disappointment I think maybe that's it You can't be disappointed by The Room Because it either is what you think it's going to be Right Or it's what you think it's going to be And it's deliriously entertaining Right And the same with the idea of a film that's so bad it's good It's real, And again it's hard to make a, a movie that is bad on purpose uh, we see it every now and then where people try to parody a certain type of cinema and it's just that type of cinema in the end and you can't you can't break that. But movies like... Uh, someone was talking about Deep Blue Sea the other day, right. the, the super smart shark film. Mm-hmm. And there's a movie that knows exactly what it wants to do even if Rennie Harlan doesn't know he's doing it. Right. It's fascinating because right. you can watch the film sort of argue with itself throughout. Right. And then you come to this place. You come to this weird space where... It is a disastrous success mm. and it can only entertain and delight because at this point, the room has come to mean the thing that is this thing. It, it is its own tautology now. Yes. And we're all just, we're all in Weezo's world. He's won. And I don't know if he wanted to. And that's what's so fascinating that we can never fully understand it, and he'll never crack. I mean, if he hasn't talked about it in thirteen years as a as a specific like experiential story, if he hasn't given an interview where he talks about his intentions now, it'll never happen. I mean,
1: it's interesting because he's obviously got an enormous ego. Mm. Uh, You know, with uh, only the I've only heard the stories uh, secondhand from my son, but in the book, you know, talks about how he there's a a bathroom in in the in the in the set that they built and then he had his own bathroom attached to the side of it where he went and nobody else was allowed to go okay and, and there was um also you know the crew were changed about four different times he rented the entire studio space for a foot you know cost a fortune um and then and then the and then the actors were changed quite often too um and and so there was an awful lot of sort of I am in complete control of this and I'm going to do it my way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it looks to me like all the actors went, okay, and they did exactly what he asked them to do. And I'm wondering whether his ego is ever going to allow him enough to, because at the moment he can walk the tightrope walk of saying, well, um, you know, it's what I, I, you know, you all are here and you're all paying me. And you're all watching the film still. Mm-hmm. And that's what my intention was. Right. He oh, doesn't actually true. have to say... If you boil it down yeah. to my intention
0: was to make a movie people would watch, yeah, he's well, absolutely done and it. And he's done it. Yeah. You know, and, and really successfully. Yeah. You know. Um, it's just that the aesthetic and artistic qualifications are... Yes. ...open to discussion.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and... I, you
0: mentioned the the sitcom that he did. I haven't seen that, mm-hmm. but I should. I don't know. know that the show actually exists. Now that I right. think about it, the trailer is out there on right. YouTube, floating around to be seen. Right? It's yeah. It's it feels like someone who's trying to steer into the skid.
1: You know, and the, and the and the and the sort of the beauty of the room is that, again, as we talked about, it's all of the. All of those things coming together to create this sort of perfect storm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be interesting. I know James Franco is, you know, coming yeah. out with uh, an
0: adaptation of the disaster artist, yes.
1: And um, again, it would be tough to capture because it's one thing to, to you know, it, it's almost like actually, it, it's a bit like the idea of, of, of filming sport because mm-hmm. the thing about. Um, make the thing that makes sports so amazing to watch and entertaining is the fact that it's live is the fact that that um that anything can happen and there's a side to the to the room obviously it's not a sport it's not live but it but that that captured something that actually you can't reenact yeah because you know i mean just the the thing you were talking about with the angle of the cameras—I mean, you can try and do it, but it's going to feel contrived. It, it's circumstance, and it's absolutely the circumstance of that film is absolutely the thing that makes it. All of those things that that all happened in that time because of that just make it sit in a perfect place. And I, I in its, and I sorry Tommy, but in its terribleness because it is, I think. Appalling on almost every front, um, and um, but brilliant, so yeah, uh, you know, and that, and and maybe that is is the perfect description of, of what art should be, <laughs> unforgettable in any,
0: yeah, conceivable description, exactly, you know,
1: by any means, exactly. I will never, I mean, I've seen the film twice and I remember great chunks of that film because I just was completely enamored by, by it all, yeah.
0: Yeah, in its own way yeah so, somebody I uh, saw a stand up comic bomb once but just said love me or hate me you'll never forget me <laughs> right. he's right that's right. it
1: that is what you well I mean listen the argument where you're sitting looking at a, a diaper and you're outraged by the the fact that that's called art and it's like well I got you didn't I because yeah. you'll remember I'm talking to you about this diaper that looked like a used diaper you know Tracy Ehrman's teenage bed or whatever she called it oh, that's right Uh, all dirty with condoms and God knows what all Mm. and everybody's like oh that's not art but they're all talking about it and they're all uh, you know have an emotional reaction to it
0: yeah may not be art but it's on the front page and it's on everybody's mind there you go which again so this brings us to the inevitable uh, final question of the show which is always the same which is basically what if anything of the room has made it into your creative DNA, or have you borrowed, or stolen, or referenced, or is it in, in this case have you tried desperately to avoid duplicating anything?
1: Well, I mean, there are things that I can look at in it that I remember so well from uh, you know low budget filmmaking. You know, there's there's scenes where you know they had no room, mm-hmm. where you know they didn't have enough lights, where you know that the angles of, of are set up like that because they don't have a third wall. Um, you know, where they're all in each other's way. Although, you know, when you hear about the budget being six million, I, I, you know, and, and, and the, the fact that they had a studio. I just um, assume that it's six million, you know, kroner or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, something yeah, well, where if you actually yeah. look at it, it won't quite work <laughs> right, out. Right, right. Um, I think what I, what I take from it, though, is um, is, is a sort of integrity of, of whatever your ability of I, I really do believe that he tried to make the best film that he could. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that I certainly try and do that. I try and do the best that I can in everything that I do. And I love what I do. So, uh you know, and I genuinely think he loves what he does. He's just really bad at it. Yeah. You know, so I hope I'm not really bad at it. But I certainly no, I know I, I don't know watching that film. I feel as though he he thought and he tried to do absolutely the best to make the best film that he possibly could. In some ways,
0: he did. Yes. Yeah. That's a perfect way to put it. (laughs) My thanks to Jason Connery, whose new film, Tommy's Honor, opens in Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal this Friday, May 12th. Thanks also to Angie Burns. She knows what she did, and it was a lot more than just reminding us of Lisa's name. Jason's not on Twitter, but you can follow his movie at Tommy's Honor, all one word, honor with a U, and you can find The Room on Blu-ray and DVD from Weezo Films, available at theroommovie.com or a number of online sellers. Or just hang out at your local Midnight Movie Palace, it'll turn up there eventually. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner, and elsewhere on the internet at nowtoronto.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at semcast, S-E-Mcast, and on the web at someoneelsesmovie.com. If you want to leave a review up on iTunes, that would be very kind of you. If not, well, you're tearing me apart. Thanks for listening.
1: I'm afraid you just turned on loud.